get my data in. Okay. Thank you. Right. Uh, question time. Keith. Well, I was going to make a comment about the, this confusion about fractional reserve being fraud and the goldsmith drawing on more bills than he had gold for. Some confusion I've encountered in a lot of people, very commonly, is, is some people think that fractional reserve lending means the bank lend out more than their deposits. In fact, fractional reserve lending is lending of a fraction of the deposit is actually lending less, which is one means that people think is automatically fraud, which it isn't. But there's that confusion, are they lending are they lending a thousand percent of their deposits or are they lending ninety percent of their deposits? That's the level of ignorance that passes for economic wisdom going around the park nowadays. You can lend a thousand times your deposits legitimately by going to the lovely interbank market, as uh, Northern Rock did, you know. So even that isn't fraudulent. No, no, they're, say, they're saying that you take in a dollar deposit. Yeah, and create. And you, write, yeah. and you write out of thin air, yeah. check for $100 and lend it. Mm. What you're saying is you take in a dollar deposit, you go to the interbank market and borrow 99 more. Mm. Mm. But they're saying that they're doing it without even the borrowing. Yeah. So the confusion is just... For some reason, this is one of those issues that there's more confusion than understanding. Excellent. Yeah. So, questions? Questions? Any questions? No questions? No questions. Um, okay. Um, I... Uh, Is anybody interested in the basis update? Yes. Pop <laughs> <laughs> of the presses in real time. As soon as my screen refreshes. Okay. One second here. Okay. A little bit of randomness about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, so gold. Um, April, the carry is minus 0.635%. The D carry, or actually the basis, the uh, co basis is minus 0.2541%. Uh, so both the basis and the co basis is negative for April. For June, the basis is positive at 0.2837%. The co basis is negative at
mm. between uh, March, May, and December, there was no aggravation of silver. Mm. Or gold. Uh, okay. Right, but there had not been any gold. No. No. Silver, there had been. That's so right. this was a change. So this is a marginal change. Yes. As it's at 36, and it went up and came back down today, didn't it? It's actually back up. So it's now 36.54. But I think this was, this was run when it was a little bit lower. Mm. So it's now blowed back up. If I ran it again, my guess would be that it blowed back up with paper mines, speculators, mm -hmm. trained mm -hmm. to buy the dip. Mm. But maybe there's going to be a bigger dip in silver. Yeah, it could react sharply now, it seems. Again, uh, silver down, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah silver made a fantastic yeah. move, mm. and it's ripe. For mm. Mm. So, so you've all been warned. Which, by the way, is 39.3. We haven't seen that number from March. I've never seen that. I think that's, you know, I can pull that up and see how far back he's in over. Yeah. That might be decades. Yeah, I think oh, so. Hold on a second. I'm going to call the monthly interval and see how far back this goes. Okay, it goes back to um, 97. Can <laughs> you see that for a Yeah. It was just a cascading down. It's a red candle after red candle in the last four or five months. We are. Um, we are lower than any any monthly uh, any mm. month of ours. Mm. Oh no, actually these are candlesticks that actually show the range for the month. Mm. We are low, the ratio is lower than any time going back to at least the last half of 1997, and maybe farther than that. I just don't have it on the chart. Mm. Mm. Multi-decade low for the gold silver ratio. Yeah. 1998. Yeah. Well, so the way the chart is showing, I'm not seeing that. It's very interesting, it was also low. Okay. Okay. So imagine 98, which is about, which is about 5 and a half. Okay. We went below 40, it was in 19. Okay. I think, uh, wow. I, I, I've, uh, if there, does anyone else have any questions yet, thought of anything? No. I'd like to ask you to make a few mm. remarks about the bases and the co-bases. Mm. Now, you weren't here when Keith gave a very good summary, but I think mm. we are still considered as beginners, mm. so we can do with another sure. view uh, from you as sure. uh, very, very introductory. Very introductory, okay. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, Rudy. I think for me the best introduction was when you put the two spot prices. Yes, okay. And it showed how the lines can be drawn. Right, okay. That was a graphic I'll point. do that. Thank okay. you. So, uh, basically, basis and co basis. Let's just talk about one. Let's just talk about the concept of carrying. Carrying is something that a, uh, a warehouseman does. And what they do is they, uh, they buy uh, spot, which means buying physical, the real good, and they will sell a future.
Okay. So um, typically, so selling future means selling a contract, calling for future, future delivery. Yes. So yeah, it might be three months away from 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 this date, uh, from the date that you bought the spot part. And uh, the price is payable at delivery. The price right? is payable at delivery. So you're locked at, in. At which, at at the price which prevails at the time of delivery, right? No, no. no. You fix it. You fix it now. So, so let's say you let's say um, you look at you look at the spot market and you see silver is at. Uh, so you buy silver. Let's say we're talking about silver here. You buy it at $39 today, and you sell the future, and you see that the bid on the future is $40, $41. Okay, so you're buying at $39, and you know that you, can, you will be selling it for $41 in uh, three months' time. For 41. So uh, you get a, uh, a premium of two do uh, three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. For, it looks for like two dollars. Two dollars. So the difference is two dollars. Okay. Now, you're a warehouseman, so you're, 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 you, you are storing the uh, physical silver until you have to deliver it in three months' time. And for that service that you're providing, you're getting paid a gross premium of $2. Okay? So that's your gross premium. Your net premium, uh, you will deduct interest and insurance uh, interest is negligible in this case um, and you will find that let's just say that the difference is still more or less two dollars okay 1.9 so um, this is a very easy business to do. You know, you buy, you buy. It doesn't. It, you don't. You, uh, you, silver isn't the only substance that you can do this in. You can do this in any substance that has a spot market and a futures market. Contango, we call it. And it's in contango. So that means that as long as the uh, the bid on the future is higher, sufficiently higher than the offer on the spot then you can always do this kind of business as a, bit, as a warehouseman. And you will, always, you will always be... It's very low risk as well. There's no chance of you defaulting, okay? Because you've got the silver in a warehouse, uh, nothing is being done with it at the moment. Your future is uh, the three months delivery. There's no chance up to the silver being stolen of you not being able to make good on your uh, your contract uh, that you have to settle in three months' time. So when you can make a positive premium, this is known as contango. Now, 
can tango the whole uh, the whole uh, the whole uh, theory behind this is that it's not theory. Uh, it's uh, the observation is that um, goods which have quickly declining <coughs> marginal utility, which is basically everything apart from gold and silver, uh, marginal utility. quickly changing this triangle means changing uh, quickly declining marginal utility implies a low does anyone know what I'm going to put here? stocks to flow ratio okay Basically, it means that a substance which has a very quickly declining marginal utility is not going to have collectively a very high, uh, a very high stock level globally. Okay, that is a, this is a facet of its quickly declining marginal utility. So, things which um, are in a and think about this physically, things which are low stocks to flow. Okay, so you've got something like think of platinum. 10 tons of stock sitting in uh, warehouses around the world and the amount of platinum that's produced annually you know is about 10 to 15 times that okay so platinum uh, so this is this is the stock 10 tons of stock and this is the annual primary production primary uh, and that's called flow is this all clear? Um, so this platinum has a very quickly declining marginal utility and as a consequence of that it has a very low stocks to flow ratio. You divide stock by flow and you get a very low number. Now things which are in a low stocks to flow ratio tend to have a very very um, unpredictable carry. Because someone might want this, uh, this 10 tons of stock, in which case anybody that is holding platinum in warehouse form will suddenly be given a huge premium to unwind it, unwind this carry. So this chap is sitting here is thinking, well, if I hold it to expiry, I'll get $2. Now suddenly, and I'm talking about platinum now, so I'm storing platinum. So suddenly, okay, I hold it to expiry, I'll get $2. But suddenly, all of the platinum stock is taken. There's only one ton left. And the premium that I'm paid to unwind this position is normally negative. It only becomes zero as you approach expiry. So that premium that you're paid to unwind it suddenly goes to five bucks, say. And if you close your, uh, your, if you uh, then go and sell your spot and buy back your future, you're actually being paid a huge premium for that, $5, okay? Normally, you don't get paid any premium for that. So, but this is all because platinum has a very low stocks to float, Rudy. So that means your physical price went way up and mm. the futures price only went up a little bit. Yeah. Relative yeah. to, the, Relative, to each other. Yeah. Okay. You. So, 
We're talking about substances here which are quickly declining marginal utility, of which all substances are apart from apart from money. Yeah. <laughs> so gold we know is slightly different to platinum, although people don't see think that it is. Its stocks to flow is the other way around. So if you think about the total stock of gold let's just say 200,000 tons. Now, annual <coughs> primary production is 2,500 tons. Stock, and this is stock all the way from the most marketable forms, 400 ounce bars, say, although they're not that marketable, um, <laughs> all the way up to, uh, let's say, um, gold, a gold chain. Now, to get from a gold chain to a gold bar can be done like that. You know, you take all of your stuff to a, uh, a refiner and he creates 400 ounce bars. Now, as an aside, this is gold. Every industrial commodity exists in a similar form to that, except it's not as compact to get from the top, the least marketable, to the most marketable. So something like copper, you might think, okay, so the copper bars are the most marketable here, and the least marketable form of copper might be copper in a computer or something, something like that. but you can still get from here to here, okay? It's just not as easy as for, from getting from here to here. So all of these idiots that say that thing, uh, industrial metals are consumed, they're not. They just exist in a state which means that they're not going to come to the market unless the price is much higher, okay? So back to gold. When you look at gold stock to flow, Huge number, very, very huge number, 200 times plus. Not on those numbers, but that's roughly what uh, we think it is, 200 times plus. Now, because of that, okay, because of that, gold should never be in a situation which isn't contango, basically. Um, because you have to think about it the other way. You have to say, well, if it's not in contango, it basically implies that this isn't true, you know, that it doesn't have a large stock. Or um, it, 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 it does have a large stock, but people are not willing to uh, sell it or lend it for some particular reason. Okay. Even if they are offered a very high even if they're offered. They, they don't look at it. It's like seeing a hundred dollar bill mm. on the sidewalk and just say, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch it, you know, which is strange, you know. So the question then becomes, when I first started to think about this in 2004, when I first started reading, Professor, I just graduated from university, um, they said, my, uh, my uh, elders said, uh, gold will never go into backwardation because of this. Okay. 
And I said, well, that's not really the point that one should be considering. The point to be considering is what does it imply if it does go into backwardation for a reason that's not obvious, like uh, Buffett buying half the gold in the world or something like that, you know. Uh, and they couldn't really come up with an answer for that. So the question then becomes is what does it mean if gold goes into backwardation? What does it mean if you'll be, if you'll uh, pay the huge, uh, premium to uh, unwind your uh, unwind your carry as a warehouseman okay so you sat there and you 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 got the one dollar premium to carry but suddenly the gold market says we'll give you five dollars it's never been that high yet but five dollars to unwind your carry being paid for that. Now, if I didn't know any better, I would take that. Because what I would do is, A, if I was carrying it, it means I've got gold in my warehouse, I've sold a future, so I can sell the gold, buy back my future, and get five dollars. But what about the person... So, you would think that that might be enough to make it go away. Um, and it might, it might not. Now that is obviously, there is only a finite amount of gold from that perspective that someone can do that trade with, because not all gold in the world is carried in the sense of bought and sold forward. Most of gold exists in gold chain, gold bars, gold jewellery, etc. So there is another, uh, there is another profit that people, someone can make if they have gold and they're not a warehouseman, do they just own large amounts of gold? They can go to the spot market and sell it for 1,005, say, and replace it with a future for 1,000. So they're selling their gold for 1,005, buying a future for 1,000, and in three months' time, the future will uh, expire, you will get your gold back, plus five dollars. The same premium that uh, someone was paid. So again, if I had a large amount of gold and I didn't know any better, I would take that. I would take that. Uh, because I have no question marks over the legitimacy of the COMEX exchange. Looks like a risk-free profit. It's a risk-free profit. But only... Only if the future um, delivers on the gold. Okay. Now, um, this is something that I'm going to go into in my, in my talk tomorrow. Uh, but just like uh, you have the concept of borrowing short to lend long, I haven't talked about it here, but the warehouseman, when he buys gold um, and sells it three months later, he can actually and perfectly legitimately lend it out from lend it out for three months minus one day. So a, um, he's getting a little extra premium. 
He's not just, the gold isn't just sitting there. He's lent it out for a shorter duration than uh, when he has to deliver it for. And everything is legitimate, okay? Can anyone think of how this could be, uh, how the warehouseman could start behaving illegitimately with lending gold? Lending it out for a longer period. Lending it out for a longer period. Okay, so this is, uh, I'm not going to steal my own thunder for, for, from tomorrow, but basically you have a symmetrical analogy in the futures market between um, borrowing short and lending long and, uh, and, and a similar thing happening in the futures market. Now, what's happened typically in the past um, is that the backwardation has, has been there and then it's gone away, like it's gone away now, you know, in silver. Someone has, uh, someone has taken it. And don't forget the profit. Someone is taking the profits. Someone is. Profit, inverted commas, you know. Someone is out there selling physical silver and replacing it with the future in the expectation that in, when that future expires, they'll get their uh, gold and silver. The temptation became too yeah. irresistible. It became too irresistible. Far, far too um, irresistible. Now, whether it was a warehouseman that did it or someone who just had silver and did it is neither here nor there. Someone took it. Okay. So, I'm not going to go any further, but this is the basic introduction to uh, basis and the dual, it's co-basis. Um, you haven't mentioned co-basis. Co-basis um, is basically this premium that you're paid to unwind your... Uh, when you unwind, then... Then you refer to the co-basis. Just like if you buy a stock at the ask, and you want to turn around and sell it straight away, you have to refer to the bid. In the same way, if you've carried something, if you're carrying something, you refer to uh, the basis. So when I was carrying here, this is equivalent to the basis. And the premium that you're paid, which isn't normally a premium, to unwind that is called the co-basis. And the analogy again is with bid and offer, as Manga noted. Um, and developed so much. So, um, again, when you read stuff about backwardation and contango in, in, in literature that isn't related to us in any way whatsoever, they overlook the fact that uh, there are two things to consider, um, not just one. I mean, they will look at, in order to calculate what they think is the basis, they will look at the mid-prices of various things and look at the differences of mid-prices. So they're looking at the difference of prices which don't exist, you know, uh, only theoretically exist, and they're coming to conclusions. And some will say, well, you might be splitting hair hairs with this kind of analysis, but it's not. That's like saying that Menger is splitting hairs by looking at the difference between the bid and the offer. You know, the difference between the bid and the offer and what forms them are two different processes full stop, you know. There isn't, and neoclassical economics, what do they do? They assume that there is just a price P, okay, and then the bid is just that minus a little bit and then that plus a little bit, you know. They don't realize that there are actually two 
different formations that get that thing called the spread, the bid offer spread. So that's the short introduction to basis and contango. And I'll talk a bit more about that uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, after my misconceptions of the gold standard speech. Now, my accommodation as far as gold and silver are concerned are the abnormal and contenders are normal. And what backwardation means is a shortage of the deliverable metal. We know lots and lots of gold exists, but they are not deliverable, either because the owner refuses, even if tempted by a very high price. He says, no, I don't trust the market because my future, is, my paper gold, in other words, is not worth, is, is not going to be convertible into physical gold at the time when the maturity. And there have been tricks like that uh, in the uh, exchanges. New York, Chicago, and so on. They have changed the rules. Mm -hmm. While the game was going on, they changed the rules. Yeah. And the house will never lose, because the house, the bank, calls the shots. They have the right to change the rules. The game is not over yet. You have a stake, and you think you are winning, and then, bingo, the rules are changed on you. And you become a loser. That's happened to the hunt brothers. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sandeep, and we are looking forward to your presentation. Thank So I, I think we'll adjourn for today and see you all tomorrow at 9.30.